she's a little bit country and he's a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> Thank you for that as a, as a prelude. <laughs> That's right. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Church Cathedral. If you're here visiting with us, we want to uh, especially let you know that uh, that you're welcome and we're happy that you're here with us. If you're joining us on the video live stream, we welcome you as well. So uh, hi to Rick and Linda and Juanita and Marg and Betty and whoever else might be there this morning. It's uh, It's good to have you here with us. And uh, if you're listening in on the audio podcast after the fact, we uh, certainly welcome you as well. Um, I would draw your attention to notices and announcements as they appear in the bulletin. And um, just a reminder to families with younger children, don't feel that uh, it's uh, inappropriate for you to wander around if you need to. There are some items there at the back in uh, the corner where the carpet is that might uh, be a distraction that could be useful at some point uh, during your worship. And uh, also, just to remind you that there are instruments here at the front, so at the, uh, at the end of the service, you're welcome to uh, come forward and play an instrument during the last song. So... Um, welcome, and uh, and we hope you're comfortable. Um, just to uh, mention that there are, uh, um, yeah, I was just going to, I'll leave that until the end. S- yes, and that's the other thing that I thought I'd mention, is that we've had a little of that snapping and cracking. So if that continues and becomes a problem, I'm going to switch a microphone and see if that will help. Um, but uh, don't be don't be taken too much by surprise if that's happening today. Sometimes there's interference in the neighborhood, and uh, we're competing for uh, a fairly small number of channels on the airways, so it, that seems to be the the issue. There are a number of containers, uh, cookie tins, um, all sorts of things that were, uh, I think collected at the time of the pause tables at UMB, and so they would be Mother's Union folks that would uh, maybe own some of them. They have been there at the back for uh, a number of weeks, and they've now been moved up to the sacristy. So if you happen to have some of those and you want to collect them, that's where they are at the moment, so just so that you know. Um, we have um, our annual meeting scheduled for the 18th of February. That's the Sunday after next. Um, I heard a bit of a rumble that there may be some difficulty getting our financial review finished in time for printing the annual report. So stay tuned about that. Uh, I don't know whether we might need to make a change in the meeting or not, and I really don't have the status update on it at the moment. So. Uh, so we'll we'll plan for that, but um, um, but may need to make an adjustment. Also, just to remind you that uh, our nominating committee continues to accept nominations for positions on bishop and chapter, and also to serve on any of its committees. Um, 
happy to report that um, we've had some success with nominations for chapter. We're still in need of some nominations for delegates to synod, so if that's something that you might consider or be willing to take on, we'd be happy to hear from you. The chair of the committee is Jane Hand, and also serving on that committee is Joel Dunderdale and Kurt Schmidt and Harry Parr, and both Kurt and Harry are this morning. So you want to just raise your hand and they'll know where you are. Thank you. That's great. So talk to them or myself if, um, if you happen to have a further nomination. And a reminder that... Um, this evening at four is Coral Evensong, so you may want to uh, return back for that. And uh, just wanted to mention that uh, Lent is upcoming, and we're doing some planning around programming for that. Kurt, did you want to speak a bit about that? Yeah, okay, good. Is there anything else that needs announcing? Oh, okay, great. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I, I'm aware that you don't have leaflets in your hands to, to refer to this Sunday. Uh, you will by next Sunday, uh, but I just wanted to give you some advance notice, some teasers for what's upcoming this Lent and what we'll have to offer for Adventures 2024. Uh, I'll mention that we'll be continuing and, and offering our regular and seasonal uh, offerings and programs uh, through the week. Uh, through the weeks of Lent, and that those include our Tuesday evening uh, art and faith programs, our program, and that one is from 5.30 to 6 uh, online on Zoom. That will continue through Lent weekly. Uh, uh, the diocesan book study will be offered on Wednesday evenings. We will be doing weekly teze, alternating between Zoom and in person uh, through Lent on Thursdays from 5.30 to 6.00. And we will be offering our Stations of the Cross uh, uh, meditation and service in here in the cathedral at, at noontimes on Friday, noontime on Fridays uh, through Lent, uh, beginning uh, not this coming Friday, but the following Friday. Uh, but I did want to call special attention, call your special attention to, to three new offerings this year that you might be interested in. Uh, the first is the one that, uh, that Dean has mentioned the last couple of weeks, which is the Home Lectionary Study and Eucharist. And uh, there has been some response on that front, but there, there's still uh, room for more folks who might be interested in that. Uh, the, the days and times for that uh, are sort of dependent on who's uh, going to be involved. So those will either be uh, on a Monday or a Thursday, and either in the afternoon or the evening. So depending... Um, on how that sort of uh, irons out, we'll let you know, and that will be indicated in your leaflet next week. The, uh, the other new offering this year is a Monday afternoon uh, contemplative prayer series, The Spirituality of Lent, which we will be spending an hour together each Monday afternoon in person at the hall, uh, talking about different forms of prayer that we might uh, engage in uh, in during Lent and beyond. So that's a, uh, looking like a Monday afternoon program. Uh, and lastly, a, we have a new book study. Forgot to mention that the ongoing Thursday evening book study, uh, the Dante Group 
who are reading Dostoevsky's uh, Brothers Karamazov currently, uh, but they are uh, open to, to joiners as they continue along in the Brothers K. Uh, but on Tuesday evenings this Lent, uh, we have a new offering, which is a, a book study, a special Lenten book study of the book Death on a Friday Afternoon by theologian and author Richard John Newhouse. And this will be led by our very own James Kerr and Alan Sears. Uh, they've, uh, they've dreamt up this wonderful project, uh, and that will be in person on uh, Tuesday evenings from 7 to 8 uh, across the street in the hall. Um, I have some books available. Uh, if there are folks who already know you might be interested today, I have some books with me this morning uh, and would be happy to, to uh, get those into your hands. And, uh, and aside from that, I just encourage you, if you have any questions about any of, uh, any of the offerings this year, uh, catch me this morning after service. I'd be happy to, to uh, promote any and all of them. Um, and again, we'll, we'll be inviting folks to take on maybe something new this Lent uh, to, uh, to add to your, uh, your Lenten devotion. Thank you. Thanks, Kurt. And yeah, if you're interested in the home lectionary studies uh, and Eucharist, just uh, get in touch with me or visit the website. There's a, uh, an article there among the, the articles on the front page, but um, just, or send me a, an email or give me a call. I'd be happy to hear from you and uh, s as soon as possible would be great. And this morning, we're worshiping according to the come worship style, and everything pretty much that you'll need, you'll find on the blue insert in your bulletin. We begin with a call to worship, and as we do that, I'll ask you to stand. Words from... Psalm 147, how good it is to sing praises to our God. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, make music to our God. Come, let us worship.
Merciful Lord, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this, that in my proclamation, I may make the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all so that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. The word of the Lord. Lord, bless your church.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. 
and Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of the Lord. And he cured many diseases, and he would not permit the demons to speak. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. He cured many diseases cast out many demons. The whole city was gathered at the door. We don't need to look too far beyond ourselves to see the great perils with which we are threatened in the world we live in. The world can be a scary place. Living in these times is challenging. There are any number of people out there whose goal it is to get the best of us for their own gain. And I know because they call my house several times a day. They might call yours as well. And, of course, there's illness and disease which pops out of, out of nowhere and can suddenly take over our life. Unexpected un unemployment, not to mention the threat of war, the price of food and heating fuel, losing electrical power for a period of time in the dead cold of winter. I think we'd like to think that we live in a fairly comfortable and safe place. But we all know that's not the reality the world can be a scary place. And that's true of the world outside. It can also be true of the world inside. Even if we're able to win the battle over the demons that approach us from outside, those things that threaten to destroy our standard of living, maybe even steal away life itself, we also have a fight and a battle inside as well. If you're anything like me, you're in a constant struggle with yourself. And it's challenging to keep on the right track, stay focused on what is important. Make the decisions that matter for the long run and do what assures that you continue in the lifestyle to which 
you have become accustomed. Inside ourselves, in that place where the internal conversation takes place, there are pitfalls and valleys, right turns and left turns. The battle won or lost within ourselves has definite consequences. There's a battle with the world outside, but there's often a battle raging inside as well. And again, if you're like me, you win some and you lose some. Sometimes your own self gets the best of you and decisions are made that turn out to be not the best for us or for anyone else. We follow our own way, we take a wrong turn, make a wrong decision, yield to a temptation, step into one of those spiritual potholes that takes us down a road we find we would rather have not traveled. And so we might describe the inner spirit, the battle with the demons, not lurking in the shadows out there, but lurking in the shadows in here. And that is all as an introduction and to say that it would appear that the gospel today is as much about this internal battle going on inside for Jesus as it is about anything else. Jesus had just performed some miraculous acts of healing. He was being successful in the combat with the demons he was encountering as he wandered around Galilee. But early one morning, Mark says, following a tiring day of confronting illness and disease, the demons of the day, he got up early, probably before anyone else, and he went out to a deserted place. Time alone. Away from Facebook and email and telephone calls, people wanting this and demanding that, all to pull together the forces inside. The battles that rage inside you and me, we can assume, were also fought by Jesus, since Jesus was fully human. Jesus fully experienced everything that we experience as human beings. And his experience, we can conclude, included battling the demons inside. So what might have been the issue, do you suppose? Well, Jesus was becoming somewhat famous. Confronting evil with truth was having an effect. The sign that this was true was the miraculous healings and the recognition that he was receiving. And with word spreading 
about him, demand was growing. The whole city was gathered around outside the door. The demon speaking speaking to Jesus may well have been the temptation to regard his ministry as an opportunity to sit back and revel in accomplishment. After all, he was getting a reputation. So Mark says he found a quiet place, a place of prayer. Time to review priorities, reset his sights on his call, perhaps evaluate the apparent success. His ministry and his call was proclamation to those who hadn't heard. Because he says later on in that passage, let us go and proclaim this to others also, for this is what I came to do. Reading this passage quickly and on the surface might give the impression that Jesus' ministry was to heal and cast out demons. But there's every indication here that once refocused, the priority is to announce that the kingdom of God was breaking through. Jesus' ministry was proclamation, telling good news. That was what the healing was really all about. The healing was a sign, and it pointed to what he was really all about. We who choose to follow him have a vocation, a calling to do that too. How tempting it is to rely on the shouts of the crowd we know rather than stretching out the hand of healing grace to the needy crowds we don't. That's an inner struggle we'll only win by being truly present in and aware of that inner space. For me, a candid conversation with God is often the only way for me to regain my center, reestablish my priorities, examine my direction, and maybe reset my compass and make the inner decisions necessary to navigate the dangerous waters with at least some success. And that place, Christians call prayer. And it might be one of the most important elements of the Christian life. Now, I think we all pray. And I say that because we're hardwired for it. But often the prayers can be partial. In order for prayer to have maximum effect, it needs to be regular, 
It needs to be whole and it needs to be complete. And so traditionally speaking, the church has taught that there are critical components if we are to claim with confidence that we have truly prayed according to the Christian understanding of what that means. You know, Anglican worship is found by some to be boring and repetitious. And there's a reason for that. One of the reasons is that orders of service are built to assure that each of the components of prayer are present. And what are those standard components, you might ask? Well, the traditional teaching is that prayer includes adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Acts. A-C-T-S. Whether together in community or alone in private, our prayer needs to include those elements the church has taught. Without all of them, we could ask, have we really prayed? Or have we prayed completely? One, adoration. God is good. God is the Holy and Mighty One, the Most High. God is Almighty, the One who can accomplish all things. And we express that to God in prayer, not because God needs us to tell Him, but because we need to be remembered of who He is. We need to remember who he is. We need to adore him. Adoration. Two, I overheard someone say recently, I'm a member of his church, but I don't get there as often as I should. Confession. One step in prayer is realizing our shortfalls to God. Number three, we take so much for granted it only takes an afternoon without electricity or a cold spell of weather to remind us that we so easily take so much for granted. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we need to be without something before we even realize it. Thanksgiving. Not only expressing to God our distress and our needs, but remembering to give thanks for that which we already have. Perhaps especially asking for those things not for ourselves but for others. So number four, supplication. 
focusing ourselves on what we can give to others. Unselfish prayers, asking for the other. So acts, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And with those, prayer becomes whole, complete, instead of fragmented and perhaps partial. And I'm not sure how we exactly go about measuring our success. There are many distractions, other things we can do. But I think winning the battle against ourselves may be the first step. Getting to worship may be a sign of some success in that regard. Being part of a community that gathers to offer prayer in completeness and to be able to remind one another of what that means. It takes effort. It's challenging. It may even be dangerous at times. What will others say? But here, we pray for those on the other side of the fence, our neighbors and our families, their well-being, the battles in which they are engaged, and that those battles are actually the right ones. The Church of England, in its contemporary form of evening prayer during the season of Epiphany and the Sundays after Epiphany this year, has included a prayer intention for the revelation of Christ to those from whom his glory is hidden. To pray for the revelation of Christ to those from whom his glory is hidden. So let us pray that our lives are effective, proclaiming of the good coming kingdom, and maybe most especially to those who have not heard. Amen. An ancient statement of Christian faith is that of the Apostles' Creed. And you'll find that there on the blue insert, uh, beginning on page one, near the bottom of the page. And I'm going to invite you to stand as we confess our faith in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, 
I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And Isabel is going to lead us in the prayers. As we remain standing, the response to Lord in your mercy is hear our prayer. Lord, we bring our prayers to you, knowing you will hear them and you will answer them. Give us ears to hear and the wisdom and understanding of the role we may play in that answer for our families, our close communities, or even worldwide. Lord, you have blessed this part of our province with some beautiful weather in the last few days. And we thank you. We give you thanks for the wonderful opportunities to enjoy winter and the sunshine, as we do remember all those who are perhaps in other parts of our Atlantic Canada facing the storms and the loss of power. We put all of this into your hands, Lord. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our church throughout the world. As Christians, we know your desire that in spite of ethnic and cultural differences, you want us to live and love each other in harmony. As human beings, with our self-will not given to you, it is often hard to walk the same path together. Only you can change our hearts and minds. In our Anglican cycle of prayer, we pray for the Anglican Church of South America, Archbishop Brian Williams, who is the acting primate and the Archbishop of South America and Bishop of Argentina. In our provincial cycle of prayer, we pray for our national indigenous Anglican Archbishop, Archbishop Christopher Harper. We pray for Linda, our primate, for Archbishop David, our Metropolitan and Bishop of our Diocese, for Geoffrey, our Dean, and all clergy and lay people who lead us in this diocese. We ask for discerning hearts, wisdom and courage for them all. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our world, a world that is in disarray in so many ways. We ask that the leaders of countries who have so much power to determine the future of our world will do so with honesty, truthfulness, and consideration of all peoples so that justice and peace prevail. As we play our part, help us to step up and out if it's appropriate 
to make known the injustices around us. We look to our own behavior. Is it helping or hindering our world, whether locally or globally? Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our own community, our own community in New Brunswick, in Fredericton, where we live. Help us to always be aware of our neighbor, our friend, our family member, someone unknown to us. Are there needs that we could help with? Help us not to turn the blind eye, but to step forward with joy and grace to help those who need our support, whether physically, mentally, or spiritually. We remember the lonely, the alone, the homeless, the hungry, the abused. Give us compassion and clear eyes to see where we are needed. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all those who are not well, whether in body, mind, or spirit. And we pray especially today for Jean, Pat, Debbie, Sue, Skylar, Aaron, Sally, Carolyn, Jacob, Stephanie, Diana, Jessica, Dolph, David and Maureen, Heather, Elliot, Cooper, Savannah, and any others you care to name either silently in your heart or out loud. We ask you, Lord, to surround them with your healing presence, your love, and your peace. Be also with those who care for them, the staff in the hospital or nursing homes, or at home with family and friends. Lord, in your mercy. We remember all those who have died in the peace of Christ. But today we also send our condolences to Julie Maston on the death of her father, Jerry McFarlane. Rest eternal grant unto him, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon him. We remember also all those who have recently lost family members and friends who are grieving. Surround them with your compassionate peace and love. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, you gave us the clear blueprint of how we were to follow you through the word read in the gospel today. Help us to bring people to you by following your example every day. Heavenly Father, we bring these and all our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. We fool ourselves if we think that ours, that our ways are hidden from God, therefore let us confess our sin, trusting in the mercy of God, our Maker. We say together, God, you are everlasting, the creator of all that is. Your understanding is beyond measure. We confess to you that we have sinned against you and our neighbors. In your compassion, forgive us, for we place our hope in your steadfast love. 
Amen. Praise the Lord, our God heals the brokenhearted and binds up our wounds. God takes pleasure in those who place their trust in God's grace. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Reset time. There we go. There we go. I wonder why I started on
God of compassion and forgiveness, receive all our offering this day and make us one with him who is our peace, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. During the great Thanksgiving, the Eucharistic prayer, you're welcome to remain standing or you may be seated or kneel as you wish, whatever way you are the most comfortable. In this prayer, we offer our thanks to God for his blessings to us, for his creation, for the gift of his Son, Jesus Christ, and for the continuing indwelling of his Holy Spirit. Holy God, lover of creation, we give you thanks and praise for in the ocean of your steadfast love you bear us and place the song of your Spirit in our hearts. When we turn from your love and defile the earth, you do not abandon us. Your Spirit speaks through prophets, sages, and saints in every age to confront our sin and to reveal the vision of your new creation. We join in the song of the universe to proclaim your glory and offer you our thanks and praise. Gracious God, in the fullness of time, you sent Jesus the Christ to share our fragile humanity. Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, you open the path from brokenness to health, from fear to trust, from pride and conceit to reverence for you. Rejected by a world that could not bear the gospel of life, Jesus knew death was near. His head anointed for burial by an unknown woman, Jesus gathered together with those who loved him. He took bread, gave thanks to you, broke it and gave it to his friends, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, Jesus took the cup of wine, gave you thanks, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. And now we gather at this table in response to his commandment, Breathe your Holy Spirit and the wisdom of the universe upon these gifts that we bring to you. This bread, this cup, our cells, our souls and bodies, that we may be signs of your love for the world and ministers of your transforming purpose. Through Christ, with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory is yours, creator of all, and we bless your holy name forever. Amen. As our Savior taught us, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. 
I am the bread of life, says the Lord. I am the vine, you are the branches. May we dwell in him as he lives in us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
As we stand, let us pray. Eternal God, in you we find peace beyond all telling. May we who share in this heavenly banquet be instruments of your peace on earth. In the name of Jesus Christ the Lord, amen. May the Spirit of Jesus take your hand and lift you up so that you may be of service to others. Amen. And it's time for the children to come up and something out of our lovely basket full of uh, noise-making delights. And whoever has the squeaker toy could bring it too because it makes a great sound to add to our music. So come on down. I think you'll like this one too. Oh, come on. I'm sure there's a few more kids out there. Come on down. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. 